And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I am your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And we are here thanks to a very, very special episode sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And we adore Fullscale because they are the ones who bring you Startup Hustle week after week, Startup Hustle TV, all of that fun stuff. And they do amazing work helping people to, to build their software teams and take that hassle out of your lap. So today's guest, um, I am very, very excited for today's guest because if you missed it, um, we had an episode recently where we talked about all of the Indianapolis startups that we identified. So check out the Top Indie Startups podcast episode that aired on May 10th. It was me and Matt DeCourcy, and we were chatting about some amazing, innovative folks and companies that are coming out of Indianapolis. And so today... We have with us Stephanie Corliss, and she is co-founder and COO of Snapshift. And Stephanie, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm super psyched and congratulations on being named a top indie startup. You know, when we were kind of going through the list, there, there was a lot of competition. I'm not going to lie. Indianapolis yeah. has a lot of cool stuff coming out of it, but we just saw Snapshift and we were like, hey. They are doing some really amazing work and some really important work. But why don't you kick us off? I'm going to give you the softball question. Here it goes. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about Snapshift. Kind of tell us tell us about your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm again. I'm Stephanie, and you know, I, I live in Indianapolis, but I'm not from here. I actually, uh, Thor and I. My, Thor is my co-founder and my partner in life and crime. Uh, we, <laughs> I love uh, it that you phrase it that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we met actually in Florida, and he was originally from here, and I'm actually from the Bay Area, so um, Silicon Valley, and he came up with this crazy idea and i was full-on ready for the journey so while we were considering places to move to um it just indianapolis was such a great fit for snapshift uh, because what we do is we staff for food and beverage and hospitality um basically gig economy based and indianapolis has a year-round you know again pre-pandemic but a year-round kind of customer base with all the conventions and all the sports that are right downtown. So it was just kind of a no brainer. And as you said earlier, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out of Indianapolis and it was an emerging tech hub when we moved up here in 2016 to pursue our dream. 
so yeah, so we landed here and I've been here for five years. I'm finally getting used to the winters. Um, <laughs> oh man, that would be such a shock, wouldn't it? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. California to Florida to Indianapolis. I, I did not know what a season was until I lived here. So wait, wait, um, how many winter coats do you have? Do you know? Um, I have a lot of sweatshirts, a lot of layers and two winter coats. So. Okay. Right. okay. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> Scarves, gloves and socks are my favorite. So. <laughs> oh, yes. Love it. <laughs> But yeah, so we, we came up here with a dream. We went through a startup competition, uh, you know, pre-product, just an idea. We actually won it. It was the Indie Startup Challenge and uh, get a, got a little tiny bit of seed money to start planning how we were going to launch Snapshift. And we did so uh, in 2017 as a, a very light beta at the very end. And then in 2018, we started our full kind of um, beta within Indianapolis. And since then, we have grown to uh, multiple cities um, from Colorado to Nashville is, is probably our furthest east, but um, Oh, and a little bit of Philadelphia as well. But yeah, so uh, we grew, we launched, and then of course COVID hit and we had to turn a little bit on the dime and figure out some additional revenue streams. So we were assisting caterers that were providing meals and, and whatnot to you know the hospital staff and all the medical uh, fields or that were uh, providing food to places like Amazon and FedEx for all the employees that were hustling during the pandemic, uh, getting us everything we needed. And we also started working with FDA facilities for food manufacturing and food production. It was a really easy fit to put people who were familiar with handling food into those type of roles. So uh, we kind of trucked on and, and then, you know, last summer, once the weather got better and everybody could sit outside and, and restaurants started reopening, we kind of hit the ground running. And this year, 2021 has been absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I'm sure. You know, one of the things that we talked about before we started, you know, before we hit the record button was the fact that, you know, you're you're kind of at the precipice of a, a very um, urgent need right now. There are a lot of hospitality um, entities and restaurants and, you know, they're having a hard time finding staffing. And that's what that's what Snapshift does. So talk to us about what that's been like, you know, just kind of being on the, the forefront. You were so well positioned. And I, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, even pre-pandemic restaurants and, and food and beverage, hospitality in general had a hard time, uh, you know, staffing and, and actually maintaining a full level staff. Uh, Pre-pandemic yeah. turnover was one month, uh, 27 days. So you'd hire somebody, get them trained, and then they were out the door, right? Yeah. And right now the stats are, you know, out of all of your applicants, only 20% will actually show up to an interview. And of those you hire, wow. only, yeah, yeah, and of those, of those you hire, only 50% will even show up day one. And only 50% of those people who show up will actually last more than a week. So turnover is now just mind blowing. And 
what Snapshift really accomplishes is we fill in your gaps, right? You're always going to find the people who want to work in the industry. They make great money and they want to find their loyal place of employment. They don't want to work multiple jobs or even if they do work multiple jobs, they want kind of their home base, right? And so on two sides, you know, Snapshift gives the opportunity for those people who might not get full-time hours or might need to, you know, work an extra day here and there to pay for their kids' soccer or, you know, maybe their power bill was super high this month. It allows them to go make quick cash and get paid instantly. We actually uh, work uh, to pay you out within two hours of your clock out. So um, super fast and convenient. And then on the business side, you can have your core team. And then if you get super slammed on a Friday night or you have a wedding this weekend, and you don't have a full staff to work it, you can, you know, post shifts with Snapshift and get those filled. And, you know, our fulfillment rate is three times the industry average for uh, temp staffing pre-pandemic. And right now it's about six times better than temp staffing. So. Sure. Well, so, so I want to ask kind of, this is kind of a broad industry question, but why yeah. do you think, you know, turnover in the hospitality industry and the food and beverage industry, why do you think it's so high? Well, I mean, pre-pandemic, it was very nomadic to begin with. Uh, you know, you have your weekends that are super busy, and then during the week, you might struggle to make your rent, right? So, right. And, de and depending on your geographical location, if you live in Florida, you know, during the summer, you're actually less busy than you are in the winter when everyone goes down there to live six months out of the year. So, right. you know, there's kind of that. So there's a lot of people shifting back and forth for a place that they think they can make the best money. Um, but, you know, post pandemic, 3 million people have actually left this industry altogether. And chances are many of them will not return. And a lot of that has to do with opportunities of other, you know, shift work, again, FedEx, Amazon, so many of us got so used to having our groceries delivered, or, you know, having everything we we own and, and buy shipped to us from these sure. fulfillment centers that they took a lot of these hourly, you know, food and beverage workers, you know, over, like they're working there now. And so they've lost people in this industry for that uh, reason. Plus you have a lot of people in the country where schools and daycares still haven't reopened from COVID. So childcare is obviously an issue. Um, and even if you can find childcare, is it affordable childcare? Are you going to be guaranteed enough hours to actually, you know, perform this job? Are you making enough tips to cover all of your expenses? And so that has, you know, also a concern. So Absolutely. there's there's quite a few variables that go into it, um, but burnout is a, is a huge one as well. I mean, if you are constantly having to pick up the slack because the restaurant or bar you work at is short staffed, you're eventually gonna get burned out. Uh, and, yeah. and you're probably going to look look to go work somewhere else. So for yeah. sure. And I mean that that's that's a lot of of layers of of issues that kind of contribute to this problem. So so I want to turn it back a little bit because we we've talked about the pandemic multiple times and how that was that was extremely impactful not only to the the marketplace that you serve 
but also to your organization. And so I want to talk to you a little bit. I know we're all getting tired of the word pivot, but I think one of the most, to me anyway, one of the most impressive things about entrepreneurs is our adaptability. You know, we, we encounter problems and because we're operating lean and because we have this entrepreneurial mindset, we kind of prepare ourselves for quick shifts and the, the ability to adjust. And so what I want to talk to us about, about the pivot that you had to make, like, at what point did you have your like, oh shit moment where, you know, you realized that you were going to have to find new ways, new revenue channels, new ways to, to serve your market? Yeah. I mean, well, we were really lucky even uh, before COVID hit, we worked with one FDA facility. So we knew that we already had the process and structure in place in order to kind of handle you know, that type of customer. Yeah. And so, you know, was it immediate? No, it was, you know, within a couple of weeks, we had to roll out a couple of things. We actually uh, rolled out our COVID safe program, which was, you know, basically the checklist in order to pick up a shift, you had to be able to answer yes or no to, a, you know, a variety of questions that ensured that you were safe, you weren't sick, um, that you understood all the safety protocols of a certain location, um, that you, you know, you would abide by all of the policies set forth, uh, like wearing a mask and sanitation and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> But then we also did it on the business side. We wanted to make sure our businesses were also keeping the people that we send them safe uh, by, you know, doing the regular sanitation and and cleaning and providing masks, you know, if needed and and whatnot. So that was one thing we actually went with our so our development team and actually rolled out that program. So you were unable to post a shift or pick up a shift if you couldn't answer these questions correctly, right? Um, yeah. And, and then you know within you know, 30 days, we were already, uh, you know, speaking to these customers that needed uh, fulfillment within their food production and food distribution. I mean, I think we all remember the whole toilet paper hoarding, um, but people don't realize that even your canned goods, your pastas, like everything that was flying off the shelf was taking much longer to replenish. And it was because one, people were scared to go to work. So they weren't actually working. There were facilities that were shut down because they had COVID outbreaks within their own facilities. And then three, you know, no one was going out to restaurants. So there was a huge, you know, pressure put on all of these grocery stores and uh, manufacturers to get product. So it was pretty fast. It was, you know, we had all of this rolled out within just a few weeks. Um, and we knew we had to do it because even our, all of our customers, even our catering ones that were still providing food, you know, kind of packaged food, they, uh -huh. you know, they obviously had lost a lot of their spring and, and summer business. So they also weren't as busy in the very beginning, especially March and April, right? When everything yeah, was yeah. kind of just wait and see. Uh, once that wait and see period was over though, it, you know, everyone kind of hit the ground running and, and that's where we were able to be a support system for sure. So it's not, yeah. it's not easy to, it's not easy to pivot on a dime, but you know, sometimes you have to act quickly. It, had we not done that, to be honest with you, you know, I, as you know, hospitality was hit the hardest. Um, and oh, I yeah. don't, yeah, I don't know if we, you and I would be having as cheery as a conversation as we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, so let me ask you this, 
do you think what you're doing with Snapshift is it is it disruptive? I feel like it is, but I, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Like, do you have a lot of competitors who are trying to do what you're doing in the way that you're doing it? Because I feel like you're kind of offering that comprehensive piece, like service to your your servers and the staff that you're bringing on, and service to the restaurants and the caterers that you are that you're helping. So, so talk to us a little bit about that. Like, have you seen anyone doing what you're doing? We do have a couple of competitors out there. Um, you know, most of them are, are smaller regional and there's, you know, some bigger names that handle more than just hospitality and food and beverage. They're doing the, the full gamut from manufacturing to shipping, you know, all, all shipped work. And so we are hyper-focused on this industry because it, it's a huge opportunity for one. And it's the industry that's typically overlooked when it comes to everything from benefits and, and banking. So, right. um, yeah, so there are competitors. Um, we, you know, I, I can't say that we're 100%, you know, different. I, we're doing some things the same way, but our biggest competitor, all of us who are doing something electronically that are trying to streamline the process, that our biggest competitor is temp staffing firms. And we, yeah. hands down, are the solution. Temp staffing firms are not the solution. Temp staffing firms, you still have to pick up the phone or send an email, you know, to try to schedule people. They're not 24 seven. So if you have, you know, a shift on a Saturday, a wedding and no one shows up, chances are you're calling a support line and leaving a voicemail that someone's going to hear Monday morning. Um, the quality of people, we run background checks, we do certifications, we check to make sure their liquor licenses are active. We make sure their serve safes are active. All of these things we're doing um, and our competitors are not. So when you get someone on, on site with requirements that you need, you know, you know you're getting that person. I mean, we actually have a customer who the only way they were able to keep their kitchen open for a few weeks um, it, the spring when everything kind of started opening back up yeah. was because we have serve safe managers on our platform that they were able to, to kind of bring in. And that's a requirement in the state of Indiana is at least one manager on site has to have a serve safe and they literally didn't have anybody else. <laughs> so they were getting them from Snapship. So yeah. So I mean, those are huge benefits, but not just that it is our, our loyalty of the people who work on our platform because we're paying them instantly because we've partnered with places like chime bank to provide them banking. We uh, partnered with catch benefits to provide them access to 401k and healthcare. Uh, we have telehealth services. So stuff that a lot of these people in the industry, even if they're working full time for an employer don't receive, they get access to that just by being on our platform. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what sets us apart and why we've been so successful is because we are looking out for both sides, not just one side of our marketplace. I got to tell you, I am, Stephanie, I am so impressed. Like I, man, you just, I cannot imagine the peace of mind that must come from being able to reach out and find someone who's been fully vetted, who is safe, who minimizes liability and risk for your, you know, for your restaurant or for your, your company. 
um, and just having having that all in one place and and able you know it happens quickly and I mean the relief that these business owners must feel is must be absolutely huge and I mean kudos to you and the team for putting together a system by which that's possible I mean way to go yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, well, and and you you know what else is impressive, uh, and I would I would be totally remiss if I didn't say this, but hey, FullScale.io is impressive. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by FullScale.io. They help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and much like Snapshift, they're the kind of organization that can take the the muss and fuss out of doing something cool for your company. So, so love full scale. Um, but let's keep talking about Snapshift. I'm super, super, I am so intrigued by this concept and I, I love it. And I think right now we're just kind of at a, a really, really crucial point for the hospitality industry. Like we're having conversations around wages. We're having conversations around the gig economy and, you know, the future of work. And so, so I want to ask you about that actually. Let's talk a little bit about the future of the hospitality industry. What are what are you seeing, you know, as we come out of this pandemic and hopefully we're, you know, we're starting to see some economic recovery. We're starting to see people back out and going to restaurants and feeling comfortable doing that. And that's after a year and a half or more of people, you know, it was just crickets anywhere you would go and everybody was doing, uh, you know, cooking at home or doing carry out. And so it's just been really, it's been super refreshing to see. Um, but what do you see happening in the industry in the future? Like, where where do you see us going? I mean, personally, I the adaptability of a of a you know venue, a location, a bar, restaurant, catering outfit, whatever it may be, it, it is going to be huge. Um, they have got to figure out how to keep the people that they want to have fully employed happy, yeah. um, and and it and it does it you know. Hourly rate is a big point of contention um, in our industry. I mean, I know it, it, here in Indiana, you know, it's two thirteen an hour is minimum wage. So you're relying on those tips. You're relying on all those people feeling comfortable to come back out and, you know, dine at the restaurant and actually leave you a tip. So, uh, you know, that has been kind of the stopgap for uh, rehiring. Um, you know, we average on our on our uh, system, $20 and 13 cents an hour is the average rate that you get paid with Snapshift, um, it, which is huge. They, I mean, that's huge. It's an increase from where we were pre-pandemic. It was $15 pre-pandemic. And overall in the industry, it's about a 75% increase. So, you know, rate is point of contention in this industry. If you can't find your core staff, if you're always having, you know, such high turnover that you can't even train your new people before they're gone, I, I think you're going to see a lot of places kind of consolidate and close down. Um, you know, I think it's unfortunate, but I do think that the places that are willing to be more flexible with their staff, uh, you know, there are a lot of parents that work in this industry. Uh, so there has to be flexibility within schedules. You can't require everybody to work every single Friday, Saturday night, right? Uh, there has right. to be some, there, you have to give your people some time off. You have to, you know, support where they're not getting burned out. And, and that's why we are a great kind of, you know, security blanket or tool that the, all these places can use, you know, they, sure. 
we're not saying that we need to staff your restaurant every single day for every single position, but I bet you we can staff your location every single day for a variety of positions that give your regular people days off. So what I see for this industry is those who are willing to adapt and change and embrace technology in a multitude of ways, whether it be delivery apps or, you know, staffing with Snapshift, you know, those are the ones that will succeed. The yeah. ones that kind of want to do the old antiquated way um, and just rely on word of mouth or posting on Facebook, you know, those are the ones that are going to struggle. And we've already seen them shut their doors. Um, right. We've seen quite a few that made it through the pandemic and, and since then cannot handle the level of foot traffic that they're receiving now and have had to close several days a week because they just don't have the people. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, where are we going? I think a lot of automation, a lot of technology is going to be used to support it. Um, that also, that's not just pandemic because of the pandemic. It's also because less teenagers are willing to actually work in the restaurant industry. Um, that number has gone down one, 1.7 million, uh, teenagers worked in the industry in 2007, 2008. And uh, as of 2018, that number had actually decreased, even though the number of restaurants across the country had increased. So you have less people entering the workforce. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of changes. Um, I, you know, I'm excited because we are one of those changes, I think, that need to be made. Uh, so there's a great opportunity for us. But yeah. Yeah. You know what, you know what I think I, I love you, you, as you were talking, I was kind of, you know, figuring out where I wanted to go conversationally, but I do, I want to take a moment and I want to leave some space, create some space to acknowledge something. You know, I've, I've, I, I worked in hospitality when I was younger, you know, college days and, and beyond for a little bit. And I, I've worked in industries where employee turnover is outrageously high. And those are the kinds of environments where your employees become commodities, you know, and, and, and I think what you're doing with Snapshift is you are allowing, you have a platform that is allowing some of these restaurants and some of these, these companies to acknowledge that their people are human. You know, when you were talking about, you know, how, how, yeah, like sometimes people need to have weekends off for, you know, weddings or birthdays or what have you. And, you know, if you're a, you know, a single mom and it's hard for you to find childcare, you know, sometimes being required to work double shifts, you know, four days in a row, it's just not, that's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so the fact that, you know, you're, you're allowing these companies to fill in the gaps so that they can take their team and say, Hey, we know that you're human and that you have a life and that, you know, work-life balance, you know, that's always a tough thing. And we talk about it a lot, but we see you, we acknowledge you, and we're going to use this service to kind of shore up what we're doing. And I just, I wanted to acknowledge that because I think that there's a very human side to what you're doing. Um, and that's, I mean, that's just incredible. Again, like, congratulations to you. You can tell I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm like, you guys are doing amazing stuff. <laughs> well, listen, listen, and that's exactly right. Right. My, my focus has always been on the worker side. I have five kids. Yeah. If, if I had to work Ooh. in the hospitality industry right now, I'm not sure how I would be able to, uh, you know, yeah. If I have a 19 year old, I have a two year old. So, you know, their needs are 
completely different. Uh, you know, and, and so that's always been my focus is what can we do for the single mom who, you know, can't afford diapers or formula this week? You know, can, right. can, can they work a shift and make, you know, an extra hundred, 150 bucks to cover those expenses? You know, what can we do for the moms that, or dads that need to take a Saturday off because their son is in a soccer tournament? You know, the, I, I have fun with the stories that we hear on the worker side. I, I mean, yes, the businesses are. Exactly. are... Tell us a story. Tell us a story. Well, I mean, so I bring up the diaper one and we had a, a new shifter who, you know, she had a younger child. And so she hadn't fully gone back to work yet, but she was in the hospitality industry couldn't afford standard daycare because the child was an infant. So you're talking to $300 a week for someone to watch your child. And of course, babysitters charge 15, 20 bucks an hour. So unless you're making that in the hospitality industry, it's really hard to, you know, kind of justify working. Um, she happened to have a Saturday off where, you know, her husband or significant other, other was off of work and was able to watch the child. So she actually picked up a shift with us, her very first shift and worked it, got paid instantly that night and literally wrote a long like diatribe to our support team that was just so thankful that she was able to actually go buy diapers. I mean, it, it was crazy. Um, but we also had another, uh, worker that we saved her house from more uh, from foreclosure she wow. hopped on our yeah she she was already working full-time she was getting caught up um you know on her regular bills but she was still behind on her mortgage payments and so she was literally working her full-time job and then all of her free time she was working uh, you know with snapshift and saving that money and we saved her house from foreclosure uh, so these are really cool stories that I have fun with um, because that's not our only, you know, save my house or save my home, save my, save my apartment story. I mean, we even have them posted on the app. We have your, um, uh, you know, the Google store, uh, Google play store, you know, people thanking us because we saved them from eviction. I mean, it's those, that's what keeps me going. That's kind of what, keeps the fire alive for me. You know, every time I think, Oh my God, I have five kids and I'm working 18 hours today. Like it's a story yeah. like that, that literally keeps that candle burning for me. I, yeah. And uh, yeah. So wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait just a minute. Cause we're, we're going to circle back on that. You know, I, I love the fact, and, and you know, even before we hit record, you told me that you were a mom of five kids. And of course, like I'm a little slack jaw, just like, wow, you know, that's gotta be a big old time commitment. So, so I, I want to hear about that, you know, as a, as a woman, as a female founder, you know, you are married to your co-founder um, or your, your partner. And like, that's super cool. You've got five kids. Um, talk to us about that, that piece of <laughs> like, do you find that like people are always like, how do you find work-life balance? And I'm like, there's no such thing. Uh, <laughs> but, but talk, talk to us about that. Uh, that's funny. You just made me snort. So you had me laughing. <laughs> um, <laughs> work-life <yeah>. balance. Ha. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I actually came from corporate America and I was working my first two are from a prior marriage and I was working like 60 hours a week, you know, 
in corporate America, never seeing my two kids. And I have to be honest with you, being a startup founder, there's still some flexibility. Like I don't have to go to the office. I can work from home. I can still have my kids with me. So, um, you know, there is some sacrifice. I mean, obviously I'm working more a lot of the times, but I can also sit with my laptop in front of the TV while my kids are watching a movie and I'm still there with them. Um, but work-life balance can be hard. I have to say that, you know, my guilty little pleasure every week is, are my son's soccer games. I, I mean, it, it is my time where I am gone away from the computer and with my son. What are, what are you, what are you like as a mom soccer fan? Are you like yelling at the ref and the kids on the field? Do you have the orange slices and the, you know, Gatorade after like, what what is Stephanie? How does Stephanie manifest as a mom soccer fan? Well, my my son plays competitive soccer, so it's not recreation. He's travel. So he's like real curious about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, so I'm definitely not the orange slice, um, soccer mom. I am, uh, I, I can get vocal, but I try to be as respectful as possible because, you know, he is really, what matters. Like get, get, you know what? Yell your freaking head off girlfriend. (laughs) That is something to be proud of. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, like I said, it gets me in the car and because he's on travel, obviously we're, we're traveling to different areas. So it's sure. not just down the street to his soccer field, right? It's, it's all over uh, the Met, Indy Metro and actually further um, as far as like the border of Illinois and, and Indiana. So it, it is my guilty pleasure. And the reason why is because I disconnect completely for soccer. I mean, there, I, my phone, a lot of time gets silenced, you know, my computer obviously isn't with me out on the soccer field. So it's the one time that I can legitimately say every week that I am shut down. Um, and even though it's just with him right now, he's 12. So He's kind of at that critical age. Uh, he's my only Wait, boy he, as well. Does he still like you? Does he still like you? Yes, yes, he okay, still good. likes me. Yeah, <laughs> and he's my only boy. So wow, I, that yeah, Alex, man. Yeah, I just want to hug yeah. him, and he is going <laughs> to either regret that or love that or both when he gets to be a man. <laughs> exactly, and you know, girls are girls are tough. Girls are tough. Um, boys, boys I can't are great. You can imagine. You, you uh, he and Thor, they're outnumbered by a lot. Yes, <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> but yeah, so work-life balance—it's hard, but you figure out ways, and, and it can be the simplest of ways. You know, sit yeah. at your kitchen table with your laptop and work while your kids color. You know, it, it's not the act of having to do exactly what they're doing; it's the act of being there. And that is what I've learned. And I couldn't do that when it was corporate America and I was dropping them off at daycare, you know, at 6 a.m. and picking them up extended daycare at 6 p.m. every day. You know, you're not there for them. Um, So that is that's something, you know, everybody asks that same question. How do you do it? And you figure out a way. And honestly, 
I haven't slept more than five or six hours a night since my first one was born. So it, it was kind of perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> might, as, might as well have a startup too. <laughs> you know, you might be, you know, feeding the kiddos with one hand, but then also like, you know, typing, typing away on your laptop with the other at two o'clock in the morning. That, that is motherhood in the modern age. Uh, yeah. Well, so, so that is, that's incredible, you know, and, and kudos to you for being such a dynamic woman leader, um, you know, hats off to you. Um, so, so we've talked a little, so we've talked about kind of the future of the industry. We've talked about, you know, the, the coming generation a little bit talking about your kids, but now I just, I want to ask you, talk to us about the, the future of Snapshift. You know, where do you see Snapshift in the next two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years? Well, maybe not 20 years. That, that's a bit far reaching. Uh, where, where, where are you, where are you headed? Where do you want to go? Yeah. I mean, you know, just before the pandemic, we were live or and or testing about five cities and, and that kind of got shut down, obviously. And and we're just seeing some of those cities go through their final phase of reopening right now. So, um, you know, I think in even smaller chunks and aspirations as I, I think we get through 2021 and, and we, you know, fully reopen those cities that we were already live in. Um, Indianapolis has definitely proven to be very, uh, you know, a kind of fortune for us to uh, be here and be able to reopen it at the same time as well. But places like Denver and Nashville and Chicago that we were, you know, in before the pandemic are starting to see the recovery as well. So I think over the next six to 12 months, we're going to reopen those markets, reestablish ourselves. And, and I fully anticipate the growth that we've had here in Indianapolis to also happen there. Um, and then we had some test markets where we wanted to expand, you know, a little further east and a little, little further west. So in the next 24, 36 months, I think you'll see us in places um, in the southeast. And I think you'll see us in places in the southwest. Um, I won't elaborate too much on those, but we have, you know, some some sticks in the fire right now. So, um you know, hold, hold, and hold on just a second. I have to clear my throat. <coughs> Kansas City. <coughs> Kansas City. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Well, that's another thing, right? Um, is is in the Midwest. Kansas City, it's funny that you say that, but we have so many people in the Midwest that are supporting us, um, different cities, different metros that have asked us to to come there. Um, you know, whether it it launched live into their market or even satellite offices. So <laughs> yes, yes. You are on our radar for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? Oh, what's funny? Oh, I was going to say, so I, I'm not a Kansas City fan, but I grew up in California. So, you know, forever, you know, I grew up a Rams fan. And so I was- I'm originally from St. Louis and I was yeah. also a Rams fan. Yes. <laughs> So when they moved, you know, I, I continued to be a Rams fan. So I went from an LA Rams fan to a St. Louis Rams fan, you know, back to a Rams fan again. So shh, don't tell anybody in Indianapolis I, that I'm not a 100% Colts. 
I won't tell a single soul. <laughs> All right. So, so, so I'm going to, we're, we're actually coming up on a close to our yep. time together today. And I am going to, I'm going to ask you what I call the human question now. So here is like a silly, doesn't mean anything to anybody question, but it's just kind of fun. Um, you know, we've talked about your kids and so, so, and clearly that's just really, obviously they're very important to you. And I, I love hearing the love that kind of shines in your voice when you talk about them. So you have a day off and you have all your kids, the whole family with you. Where do you go? What do you do? Oh God, that's, that's not an easy one, actually. Um, you know what I haven't done in a long time that I would really love to do uh, just because I'm from the West Coast is I would yeah. love to teach my kids how to surf. Ooh. So I only need a week long vacation for that, but I would love to do surf. But if it's only a day, then I would love to just rent a boat and take them out, you know, on a, on a boat here um, at the lake and just enjoy life in the summer. And if it's in the winter, let's, let's go sledding. I always have fun in the snow. All right. Well, I'm going to invite myself along on your, your next family outing. Cause that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, I, and I will tell you, you know, next time you're in the Kansas City area, my friend, you, you know, bring the kids, bring the family, and we'll take you out for some really good barbecue and, and show you some cool things that are happening here. Um, but yeah, Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Um, this has been a, a great conversation. I learned some things, uh, both about you personally and about kind of, you know, the, the labor marketplace and the hospitality industry. So I appreciate you bringing your wisdom and your perspective and your story to us. Thank you so much. That was my pleasure. Yeah. Uh, you know, folks listening at home, just, I don't know if you heard, but I do have to tell you really quickly, we started a web series. We have a whole TV show all called Start a Puzzle TV. If you go to YouTube, you can search for Start a Puzzle TV and it'll pop right up. But it, it is myself. It is some other, you know, entrepreneurs who are working to build businesses, pretty varied industries, all all across the board. And we just talk about our experiences. So if you are an entrepreneur and you want to learn a little bit, laugh a little bit and feel less alone, definitely give it a watch. Also have to say a huge thank you to our episode sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably and helping us get stories of entrepreneurship out there. So we are supremely grateful. Thank you so much for listening, friends, and we hope to catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.